Welcome to episode 7 of ADHD Founder Talking. I'm Michael Jakubiak, founder of Axon, and I would like to welcome our today's guest, Holly Balkat. Hello. Hi, Holly. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Uh, Holly works for the police, for, police forces for over 10 years, recently okay. took over uh, a role as a cyber prevent officer. Yeah. And she's dealing with very interesting topics. She's dealing with kids and how parents build our pass the message to parents and to kids what to do to put the kids on a good path because if you don't know or not kids actually like hacking schools yeah <laughs> that, that is something you know that in the cyber prevent network we do have experience of um people can't become disgruntled um with what's going on at school they might not feel challenged um and yeah that's definitely something that, that might happen <laughs> <laughs> so if you can tell me a bit more about your work, what you do, how is your day-to-day -day, uh, day -day look like? Yeah, so as you said, like my job is uh, the Cyber Prevent Officer for Greater Manchester Police. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, I work under something called the Cyber Choices Umbrella, mm -hmm. um, which is a programme coordinated by the National Crime Agency. Um, and the programme basically aims to, to teach people um, and educate people about what's illegal and what's not online. Um, so... It's delivered by our regional organised crime units um, and those of us in force um, as well. And I think it's the aims of it are literally about education. So explaining the differences between legal and illegal online activity. Mm -hmm. um, educating people about the Computer Misuse Act uh, 1990. Giving people the right information so they can make informed choices about their use of technology. Mm -hmm. um, and my favourite part is the positive opportunities. So... <laughs> and try to offer positive opportunities in digital and cyber so people can use those skills for good. Sure. So could you tell me like what type of stories you're coming across on a daily basis? That's why, why are we talking today? What's, what's, the, what's those stories of these kids? What they do exactly? Well, like I say, I am relatively new to this role and I think it's important to kind of mention like in 2017, um, the, I think it was the National Cybercrime Unit, they did some research and they found that the average age of a cyber criminal was 17. Um, so in terms of more traditional crimes, that's quite young. Um, so more traditional crimes, I mean like burglary, that type of thing. Um, 17 is quite young, that's not what we usually see. But mm -hmm. actually more recent research has been done and found that that age is dropping to 15. Oh. Um, yeah, and I think... Clever kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think... Most recently, we think it might be to do with like, the increase in online gaming. Um, mm -hmm. Research has shown that online gaming is a uh, pathway into cybercrime, um, mainly because the young people may have been a victim online, so they may have been hacked or knocked off a game themselves. So mm -hmm. they'll think, well, how can I do that? Um, and they'll go and explore that, and they'll do it back as sort of a oh. form of revenge. Um, <laughs> We do see this overwhelmingly with young males. Um, mm -hmm. That's what the kind of studies show. Um, and I think 61% of hackers start before the age of 16. Oh. You yeah. mean like ethical hackers or all the hackers? Oh, I, mean, I think it's, <laughs> it's not yeah, not ethical hackers. Not ethical, um, black hat hackers. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. And I think... Obviously, I can't give specifics about the young people that I'm working with in Greater Manchester because my work with them is still ongoing. Um, but if you kind of look at it as a whole, there will be a lot of young people out there who are online gaming and they will go on and download a booter tool or something like that mm -hmm. uh, to kick that person off the game so they get the win. Um, <laughs> and I think they don't realise that that's illegal. So mm -hmm. my job is to educate them that actually it is illegal. Um, and in some cases, it can carry an up to 10-year prison sentence. Um, 
the faces that I see in schools when mm -hmm. I say that is pure shock and horror um, that a lot of them are doing it because mm -hmm. they don't know it's illegal. Um, and I think as well, probably more, more common um, of what we would see is young people maybe like shoulder surfing a friend, mm -hmm. um, they remember those login details, yeah. they go on later um, and they log on and read like, I don't know, the, without permission, it's all about the without permission, yeah. um, but they go on and they read the friend's um, messages and that's a breach of their privacy and their data mm. and it's also a breach of the Computer Misuse Act. All right. So uh, what's, uh, what makes you go into this field as well? To be honest, I think Cyber Prevent isn't just for young people, it's for anybody to educate anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but I find it's really important for me to educate the young people because I think in this era, young people have kind of grown up with devices in their hands. You know, people like me, I didn't get a phone until I was like 15, giving away my age now, but yeah. Um, and I think it's really important to educate them as opposed to criminalise them because here in Greater Manchester, we do have a digital skills gap. Um, I think, I can't remember a conference I was at, they've said that in the next five to 10 years, there's going to be 300 jobs in digital and cyber that don't even exist yet. Mm -hmm. If we start giving young people criminal records, they're not going to be able to use those skills for good. So mm -hmm. this is a, a sort of non-punitive way of telling them, right, this is illegal, this isn't. Mm -hmm. Why don't you try this way? Why don't you use those capabilities mm -hmm. to contribute to our digital and cyber industry? Yeah, so when we're talking about uh, cyber awareness, so what exactly, what part of Computer Misuse Act do they breaking? What, 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 what are the rules they breaking and what are the consequences if they actually would be caught or if they would be taking, taking to the, uh, what's the word? Please responsibility. Oh, oh yeah, taking responsibility. Yeah, yeah so taking account. Taking, yeah. yeah, so I think it's worth mentioning what the Computer Misuse Act is mm -hmm. um, and kind of where it came from. So it basically came because two hackers managed to get into, uh, well, find the username and login for um, IT engineers um, account. And when they've managed to get into that account, mm -hmm. they've also managed to get into Prince Philip's emails. Oh. So as you can imagine, I, I don't <laughs> think the royal family would be best pleased with that. Um, and the police were alerted and these two hackers were arrested um, and they were arrested under the Counterfeit and Forgery Act. <coughs> those hackers appealed because they maintained they didn't do that for financial gain. They did mm -hmm. it because they wanted to see if they could. So it's all about that without permission. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I think like you say, it's important <coughs> that kind of young people know that it's the without permission. So like I say about using those booter tools, mm -hmm. I would say that that's quite common. Um, we also have like sort of section two offenses where they might, you know, log onto a friend's gaming account and then maybe mm -hmm. start buying things from that account. Um, again, you know, they, carry, they do carry custodial sentences and my work is all about not criminalising the young people but young people but other consequences could be you know the police could seize all the devices um, mm -hmm. playstations all, all the things that they care about you know mm -hmm. we could take that because we might need to investigate it um, and we could, no more gaming no more gaming and it takes <laughs> it takes a while to in, to investigate you know so they could be without it for a good period of time um, mm -hmm. you know same with phones you know they could buy a phone that um, you know they can ring from but they mm -hmm. wouldn't maybe be allowed to have a smart device in the time that we, the investigation was ongoing um, we can sort of ban or limit internet use again mm -hmm. most young people life is on the <laughs> internet so yeah it that is, is yeah. a serious consequence um, do you know we've mentioned the custodial sentences um, and there's also like fines and things but mm -hmm. also I think 
the future. The consequences are their future. So it has a massive impact on, for example, future education, future mm -hmm. employment, even future travel. You know, if you do have a criminal record, um, particularly I would say in some sort of cyber offence, you know, some You're countries. From IT. Yeah, some countries are not gonna are go not gonna let you in because they would consider you to be a risk. Um, so I think yeah, as a whole, like the consequences to their future for something that they've done young mm -hmm. could be massive. And this is something because I believe the parents take a massive part of this, and the fact that the parents don't have enough knowledge, mm -hmm. I would say, very often in terms of cybersecurity and what's going on online. Is it something what you can advise to parents, how they can spot, you know, that's what's going on with their kids or they're breaking the law? Yeah, and I think it's unfortunate for parents because they are on the back foot through through no fault of their own. And like yeah. I said earlier, do you know, they are, um, kids are born with these devices in their hands, whereas the parents might not have been, do you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I would think that if you're noticing your young person is locked away on their computer, you know, they're isolating themselves, mm -hmm. they're kind of living this um, dysfunctional lifestyle, you know, gaming all night, sleeping all day um, mm -hmm. kind of thing. I think that would be something to start opening some dialogue about. Um, if you start hearing them use technical language, you know, that, mm -hmm. that you're not used to, you know, if they are mentioning things like keyloggers and, you know, DDoSing and that type of thing, that's just something to think. Mm, wait a minute. Um, How do you know that? Yeah, um, <laughs> if they have no legitimate source of income, but they do have money, mm -hmm. um, that'd be a sign for me. Because where are they getting that money from? Mm -hmm. Do you know? How do we know it's through legal channels? Um, yeah. And I think, like I say, sometimes we do find that people who don't have real life friends do turn to the online world. Sure. Um, do you know? But also the risks there is them being potentially exploited for their for their mm -hmm. digital and cyber talent um, which is something parents need to look out for you know they shouldn't have that unfettered access to the internet yeah. parents should know what they're on and there's loads of good resources that parents could do with their young person as well mm -hmm. um, there is one called idea um, yeah. that's generated in Greater Manchester as well it's a charity um, it's free and it's basically a digital Duke of Edinburgh award so mm -hmm. you can get sort of bronze silver and gold certificates yeah. um, for digital and cyber badges that you complete there mm -hmm. and they can be kind of recognized in industry as well but I think what's good about that is there's no particular age limit I think maybe mm -hmm. starting around nine or ten but the parents could do it alongside them yeah. so they're increasing their they're knowledge as well um, so yeah, there's loads of stuff like that that's that's available online. Um, the Cyber Choices website, uh, the mm. NCA, uh, the National Crime Agency's website, that's got videos on there that might show you what it might look like if your child is involved in something like that. Mm. Um, and they also have rafts and rafts of resources that parents can read to get themselves in the know. Okay, that's, inter that's interesting. How would you even start the conversation with kids? I think open and honest and setting boundaries i think mm -hmm. boundaries will stop that middle ground and from becoming blurred so you know setting times not as a punishment but mm -hmm. setting times so that life can go on around it you know yet yeah, we don't want to move young people away from what they're doing on online we want them to use their skills for good mm -hmm. we want them to come and contribute to that digital skills gap in yeah. greater manchester um we want them to be encouraged to do good things online, yeah. but the parents all need to know what's happening online. So I think taking an active interest, you know, just popping your head in every now and then, oh, this looks great, what's that? You yeah. know, asking questions, because a lot of the time, they're excited to talk to you 
about what they're doing because <laughs> this is something new for them yeah. that they're testing their capabilities. Um, you know, there are websites out there like Hack the Box. Um, or Try to Hack Me. Yeah, Try Hack Me. Yeah, Range Force Labs. Yeah, these are popular websites where they can like they can sort of try their hand at penetration testing in mm. a controlled environment where they're safe. And they actually um, are scored as well, so there is a competition for them. There's literally there are scored across all of the people who participate, so you can test how good you are. That's and it. that's and that's a good uh, that's a good way to shift the focus as well. Exactly, and I've heard that future employers, you know, do look at things like they that, do. you know, and they look at those scoring. So actually, they're doing something that they're interested in. It challenges them. It tests their capabilities, but it's safe and in a controlled environment. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Uh, so I think worth to mention that uh, when talking about kids as well and uh, cybersecurity, there is a, one of the research says that over 65% of people in cyber is neurodivergent. So I think that's a, that's a message as well to parents. If you don't know and if you notice that your kids is make this, make this um, signs, you, you yeah. mentioned yeah, the, the signs which we should look at. That also may be indication that your kid is neurodivergent and may be worth to look at into this as well. Because if we do it right and we unleash potential, you will have a great person that who may do very good things for the for That's the innovation, it. for the country, for the for themselves as well. That's it. We want people who think outside the box, you yes. know, in, in the cyber industry to be able to us to develop and move forward. And I think while there's probably still more to be understood about individuals um, who are neurodivergent and there may be sort of veering into cybercrime and whatnot. Um, I think there is a lot of talent with neurodivergent, sorry, neurodivergent individuals with like sort of problem solving and pattern spotting, yeah. which is key skills used in the digital and cyber industry. So this, this is something that we want to promote. We want it, it's an inclusive environment for people to come into. This is what we want to see. So having those conversations, like you say, about the digital and cyber world can also help on that aspect as well. Beautiful. And could you tell me about some interesting story of actual uh, actual kids you've been dealing with? So it, I can't really talk about the specifics, like I say, because I'm ongoing. Yes. Um, but there's a really good video on the NCA website. Um, it kind of shows a, a young male, and he, at the beginning, it kind of looks like everything's going great for him. He's got mm -hmm. this job offer in his hand, and mm -hmm. um, it's got funky music, and he's, he's he's off to go to this new job, and. He's talking to the camera about how he knows everything about yeah. cyber. He Computers, they're his bread and butter. He knows absolutely <laughs> everything about them. Yeah. Um, but actually, as it goes through, he's getting the bus and, and whatnot. And it turns out that he's actually going to um, community service. Mm -hmm. um, so he's, he's already been um, prosecuted for a cyber crime. And actually, what he's doing is, unfortunately, he's having to sort of clean toilets and pay back to the community for what he's done instead of sort of getting a, a criminal sentence. So it kind of shows the things that he would do. He was doing sort of like he um, hacked into his school network and changed his grades, um, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, and it shows that, and like I say, it's a really good resource that, that is on the, the website called uh, Don't Cross the Line into Cybercrime. Mm -hmm. But I think that gives like a real life scenario of how it yeah. might look for a young person and mm -hmm. the same with the video that i mentioned about the parents that's on there um, and again that's about supporting your child and understanding what they're doing but i think both those videos give a sort of a real life view of what we are dealing with as a cyber prevent mm -hmm. network and how is it from the education point of view so how teachers can spot it 
So mm -hmm. I believe that's that they will be probably listen to this as well. Uh, teacher, uh, teachers, educators, how they can ma make an impact or contribute to improving the situation. To be honest, I think a lot of people don't know the Cyber Prevent Network exists, um, but we are actually mentioned in the Keeping People Safe in Education um, 2023 document. So hopefully more and more schools will be becoming aware of that our service is available. Um, but again, I think teachers are on the back foot. Obviously, they have their specialism um, mm -hmm. in, in what they teach, but they it's hard to know everything. And the digital world is a, and the online world is a tricky place to navigate. Mm -hmm. But some of these resources will be really beneficial for them too. Um, there's Cyber First, which is a sort of government um, sort of uh, organisation that helps um, bring young people in to discover their talent. Um, so they, I think they do that nationwide, but they also have one in, in Manchester and they can try their hand at things like open source intelligence um, you know, and things like that. And I think schools can, uh, can access these things. Mm -hmm. um, and if they don't know, somebody else can, can teach them that specialism. You know, we also, the Cyber Prevent Network works hand in hand with the Cyber Protect Network, which is where people kind of go into schools, colleges, universities, um, mm -hmm. community groups, Anybody and everybody who will listen about online safety advice, we mm -hmm. would go and see. Um, and that's my colleague Sophie for Greater Manchester Police. But we often work together and mm -hmm. we offer that service to schools. We'll do assemblies and things like that to help keep teachers up to date as well. Because mm -hmm. um, we're in the industry and we get those updates more regularly. Um, and it, like I say, it's our job to try and help educate them as well. Yeah, so is it proactive or is it, uh, if for example, we've got a school and they would like to invite the cyber prevent officer to educate either teachers or parents yeah. or uh, or students, is it that's how it works? You just call the police and just say, listen, I'm a headmaster of this this and this school. We really would like to have a cyber prevent officer because we notice the increase of incidents. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much don't go ringing 999 or, <laughs> or anything. Um, but yeah, they can get in contact with us, do you know, um, like there's an email address that you can email in. We mm -hmm. will do, you know, we will do staff training. We'll, we'll talk. We, we tend to aim to do year five and year six as a starting point. Mm -hmm. um, just because that's when you kind of find them migrating onto social media and things like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I say, community groups can get in touch with us. Um, anybody and everybody who wants to know how to stay safe online and what's going on on there mm -hmm. can get in touch with us and we're more than happy to help. Mm -hmm. And how does this training usually look like? So we just, we just gather everyone in the one room or is it like a more like a one-to-one -one basis divided for groups or teachers separately, students separately? How yeah, it so it'd be like if we were to do staff training, sometimes we can do it via like webinar or something like mm -hmm. that. If they want me to pop in in person, I'm more than happy to do that. Sometimes mm -hmm. um, our team from the Regional Organised Crime Unit will go and deliver to the same sort of messages to staff so they kind of know how to refer a young person into us um, you know who might be on the cusp of cyber crime um, but then schools like I say in terms of the, the young people we might do assemblies um, if a school has a particularly tech minded group or a computer group we might specialise and do that um, and also add in some other things that they might be interested in mm -hmm. but what we try and do is add that online safety advice with the prevent advice so if they're sat there thinking oh wait that's me they can also come and talk to us and know that it's a non-punitive thing and actually we're trying to help them progress in the digital and cyber world as opposed to to giving them a criminal record and and like sort of prohibiting that mm -hmm. um i was distracted for a minute for by the noise by the noise i heard in here 
but uh, when you when you when you think about, have you got any success story you could you could tell us or t- tell us about? I think because I'm still working with the young people, and mm-hmm. um, that would take some time for us to see that they don't reoffend mm-hmm. or they don't go into cybercrime. Um, mm-hmm. But I think generally, there's quite a lot of su- success stories nationally. Um, I suppose it is quite hard to quantify um, whether someone is going to is going to commit that crime. But I think in the future. But what I would hope um, is that the young people that I work with, I hope that I've given them the, the tools for the job that in their future they know that the digital and cyber industry is for them. If they're money motivated, I do talk to them about that. You know, the average salary in the UK is about twenty five nine thousand pounds, I think. Um, but in sort of tech industries, you're looking at more £65,000 a year. Um, even the apprenticeships and internships um, are sort of more well-paid than the UK average. Um, so again, just kind of giving them that advice, and if they are money-motivated, they kind of do think, yeah, digital and cyber is the place for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so actually, I will, I will have, I will have, a, I will have a one story for kids, especially. So, the part of my job was uh, was also focused on recruitment, and I was uh, recruiting for one of the co- one of the company's uh, uh, tech lead, uh, software in- software engineer lead. And I think what's more important, what's important in this story, this gentleman started uh, uh, practicing and coding at the age of sixteen. And uh, he well, he was using things like try to hack me and loads of the other tools you mentioned about as well. Uh, to now at the age of 23, uh, earn 75 grand uh, and be a lead of the software engineering team. Yeah, that's a fantastic success, story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So if you do focus, if you do focus, if you do put the focus in the right direction, you don't need to earn money. You know, on the illegally you can be you can you can be the success story you can and be legitimately the, earn yeah, that money do you yeah. know that, that's all yours without any of the risk attached to it but no that's a brilliant story i think that's great that <laughs> 23 eh? <laughs> yeah imagine that i know <laughs> i would love that, that but that's great and that's something that i will pass on to the young people mm-hmm. that i work with that you know this is happening for people and if you put your mind to it you've got the skill to absolutely do that mm-hmm. and uh why we why we why we coming close to an end? What do you think would be like a advice for you for schools, for parents, and for kids? I think similar to what I've said previously. I think clear boundaries and open and honest conversations are the, at the forefront for me because to get someone to open up, you need to understand why they're doing what what they're doing. Um, and like you say, you know, if someone does feel socially isolated and they've kind of got these online friends. It's quite difficult for a young person to understand that unfortunately not everybody is who they say they are online. Mm-hmm. So I think in terms of, of getting them to open up, using some of these these platforms together, like I have written a couple a couple more down, but mm-hmm. so like, sort of like uh, GMCA, they have their GMAX website, which um, you can, which advertises like further education um, and. Uh, apprenticeships but you can actually narrow that down to sort of apprenticeships in digital and cyber so if it's a parent and that's something your young person's interested in look at it together mm-hmm. um like i say our cyber choices website again that has lots of helpful resources on there um idea like i mentioned that again something you could do as a family um something that schools can do you know as a learning resource as well it's, it's free of charge you know it's it's something that fun as way of way of embedding learning mm-hmm. um the National Society, oh, can't speak. National <laughs> Cyber Security Centre, um, 
so we have one in the northwest, but they, they have others as well, obviously because it's national. Um, but they're basically all things cybersecurity. So they'll be advice for for parents, for you know staff, for businesses, you name it. It's a bit of a one stop shop there that they can look at. Um, and I think, like I say, I mentioned like the Cyber First and the sort of program of opportunities to help young people um, in their passion for tech mm-hmm. um, take advantage of because it's a lot in Greater Manchester. And like mm-hmm. I say, a good starting point would be the Cyber Choices website because it has booklets that you can download with resources on that you can try with your young person or with your school. Mm-hmm. I think so. What I can add to this from the education point of view that. If you're young, you know, you don't always need to wait until you're 18 or finish school because companies currently offer apprenticeship for the age of 16. So if you've got passion for IT, for coding, for hacking, whatever is your passion in relation to IT, it's worth to look at the, especially for the big organizations, they, they've got plenty of programs like this to look for the apprenticeships. I know that NCSC was running the, one of the programs uh, related to this as well uh, to, help, to help young people develop at the very young age. Uh, because education system, as as well as it works, it doesn't work for everyone. So sometimes, if the education the educational path doesn't work for you, maybe apprentice path, which is more hands-on, will work for you better. Absolutely, and that's something that um, GMCA are working on at the minute. Um, do you know there's they're saying that the path isn't just A to B, it can be a bit wiggly. Yeah. Do you know? And and I think, like you say, it's good for young people to know that there's options. Beautiful. Okay, Holly, thank you very much. Uh, for uh, today's conversation. I hope it was very informative for parents, educators, for young people who listen to this, who will have a bit of a more knowledge where they can go, what, what they can visit and what their options. And if they do it right, what will open up for them? So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Holly. Thank you for having me. It was lovely okay. having you here. And thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> If you think you or your child may have ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, start by taking an online self-assessment or by speaking to a GP. Thanks for tuning in to ADHD Founder Talking. At ND Axon, we're breaking down barriers to help neurodivergent individuals thrive in the workplace and in life. We offer an inclusive app and support businesses in developing a more inclusive workplace. Visit ndaxon.com to learn more about our mission, podcast, community, and how to get in touch with Michael himself. Together, let's create a world that celebrates neurodiversity and empowers everyone to achieve their dreams.